0: This week's episode is sponsored by our friends over at Sovereign Financial. Mike Kuckel and Will Hines are incredibly gifted at taking care of you and your investments. They both are good friends, and I trust them with my family's future. They not only focus on your ROI, but they also do in-depth research and investigation so you can rest assured that you are only investing in like-minded companies. They call it Biblically Responsible Investing. You can reach out to them at SovereignFIN.com. Again, that's SovereignFIN.com to make an appointment. And if you tell them you heard about them on this podcast, they will give you a free portfolio review and consultation. This week's episode is also sponsored by our friends over at Lake Bowen Baptist Church. Pastor Brad Atkins and his team want to do three things. Deliver the gospel, disciple the Christian, and deploy the Christ follower. I love that. Build up and send out. Lake Bowen Baptist is located at 404 Sugar Ridge Road in Inman, South Carolina. You can check out all their ministries and opportunities to serve by going to lakebowenbaptist.com. Again, that's lakebowenbaptist.com. Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast, an outreach of Impact Sports International. We seek to use sports as a vehicle to take the gospel to the hard to reach, the lost, and the forgotten. Whether that is just 10 minutes down the road or on the other side of the world, here is your host, john andrews hey guys and welcome back to the i say all that say this podcast i'm your host john andrews today we're continuing our series called following god's call through the years we've had the incredible opportunity because of what god has done in their lives to see more than 20 folks called out to serve god in full-time ministry in some capacity ty is one of those people When I think of Ty, I think of Psalm 33.3. David says in that psalm, sing to him a new song, play skillfully, and shout for joy. Ty was an extremely gifted basketball player, maybe still is, we'll see, and worked really hard at his craft. I think this is what David meant in Psalm 33. In some translations, it actually says, play the harp skillfully, but I don't think David was disqualifying people with any other skills than playing the harp. Now, I think David knew that God had blessed different people with different gifts and skills, and he was simply saying that your development and use of that skill is for praising him. Ty has done that as long as I've known him. I first met Ty when I was serving as chaplain for his college team back in 2011, and he has been with us overseas a couple of times and even gone to prison with us as well. Ty is a charismatic leader who currently serves for FCA in Knoxville, Tennessee, Welcome, Ty. It's good to have you, buddy.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Excited.
0: Uh, I want to just kind of set the set the picture here. I want you to tell us a little bit about your sports background.
1: Grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. Was playing baseball, basketball, football, running track. The local team here, Tennessee Balls, going to all that. My dad was taking me to the local high school games. Uh, pretty much had a ball in my hands uh, from the time you know that I was born. Me and my, my favorite book... When I was uh, uh, even a baby, my dad had a Wilson sports catalog hmm. and every single night I would, I would look through this catalog with him. And that to me as an infant and a kid, that was it. Like, I, you know, don't read me books, mom and dad, we're going to look at the ball book. Right. Um, so, uh, that was pretty much, you know, w- what, you know, it was for me and just was continuing to play. And it, from an early age, the Lord blessed me athletically. Um, and moving into middle school it became football baseball basketball uh high school went to a very big high school in knoxville so it was basketball and baseball at that point and you know had division one opportunities in both our our basketball um it, it, at beard and high school was you know it's it's tough it's it's the real deal it's like college um And that was just kind of, you know, what it was, the environment. I mean, we were a basketball school with basketball players. And was really seeking the Lord on, all right, what route do you want me to go? Uh, You know, maybe projectability, baseball could be the route, you know, 6'2", center fielder range, you can go get it, Uh, you know, white guy, let's call it what it is, uh, versus a 6'2", guard in basketball. You don't see those all the time at the level, you know, that I kind of desired. So really just praying through that. And the Lord led me to basketball and, uh, you know, had a successful high school career. We won a lot of games, had, you know, tremendous coaches pouring into me, led me to upstate, uh, you know, which is where obviously, you know, we met and, you know, again, coach Payne pretty much gave me the keys as a freshman Hmm. to say, I'm going to play you 35 minutes a game. You have to be ready. And, uh, that was kind of the, 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 the the kickoff, you know, because a lot of people can play in high school, but in college, and uh, we'll probably get into it more, but I just dove in headfirst on how do I get better as a player? Mm-hmm. You know, what what can I do to get an edge as a 6'2 guard, you know, that people probably just expected, oh, he can just shoot, How you know, tried to do everything that I could to get better, you know, upstate. Phenomenal four years there. We won a lot of games. Uh, led me to the NBA D-League. Uh played for a year with the seventy sixers. So that's kind of a brief snapshot of except the except they weren't the seventy
0: sixers. What were they?
1: <laughs> they were the eighty seveners. Very confusing. <laughs> yeah. Seventy Sixers were the big team. We were the eighty seveners. confusing as all get out. So yeah, that's a that's a snapshot of the sports journey there. Um but yeah. Basketball – and another reason, probably why I chose basketball, a little chip on the shoulder, you know. Yeah. People didn't expect a whole lot. They were like, you're going to be a baseball player. Mm. And uh, so a little pushback on my end uh, yeah. to pursue basketball.
0: You want me to do it, just tell me what I can't do, right? That's right. I hear you. Yep. Uh, Talk about the motivation. Yeah, and Todd, I was with Ty all four years while he was at Upstate and and um, was the freshman of year in the conference as a, as a freshman, obviously, and then uh, all-conference so, uh, junior, senior year. Or soft, no, it was yep. sophomore and senior year. You hurt, you, it was your junior yeah, year when you I broke the hand, hand there yeah.
1: as, as a junior, yeah. which, which, uh, you know, Tori Craig, you know, uh, we're both going into the Hall of Fame here in May, and, uh, Tory has a couple records over me. Yeah. And, uh, I, I let him know that it's because he broke my hand
0: halfway uh-huh.
1: through our junior year. So it wasn't him, but for the sake of story, we yeah. will we'll say it's Tory to kind of hold me off there. With do what
0: you got to do, right?
1: <laughs> so.
0: Well, uh, transitioning from your time as a basketball player to where you are now, and I knew you when you were a freshman, a homesick freshman that I hardly ever saw except during basketball season, and then to the point where you took a leadership position with FCA at at Upstate, and then spending time, uh, you shared the gospel with your your, uh, roommate countless times. Uh, And then seeing a bigger platform emerging for you for ministry because of basketball. Tell tell me through that process. How did you get from being a homesick uh, 18, 19 year old kid at upstate as a freshman to someone who was leading FCA by the time he left uh, and then going into a professional league and then getting married and then where you are now?
1: Well, uh, very homesick, you know, not just the, not just the, Oh man, you know, he misses his parents. It was, it was a tough one. It it was all, you know, all I could think about wasn't real hungry, struggling to sleep just, you know, it's away from home for the first time thought I was ready. Uh, but you know, man, God blessed me with awesome parents, awesome church back home, awesome dog, uh, (laughs) awesome friends. And, you know, I got to college and when I was going to college, uh, you know, my goal was to glorify Jesus on that campus. You know, it wasn't uh, to go and, and be the stereotypical college athlete. I was there to glorify Jesus. I was there to try to pr- excel athletically and academically. And, man, it just – it hit. I mean, in, to almost a paralyzing type, you know, uh, homesickness. Um, so kind of navigating through that, it was a huge part of that. That was kind of something that allowed me to, you know – kind of put some time and focus and kind of started jumping on the leadership team as a freshman. Uh, The best thing, honestly, that God provided me was I couldn't go home on the weekend because that's really what I was doing. I'm two and a half hours away and, you know, college basketball, a lot of people know what that looks like um, in terms of partying and doing all that. Well, I wasn't interested in that. So I was like, I got a call to make. I can either maybe have a little temptation as a young freshman or Spend all this time just by myself, or I can go home. So, a lot of times I was just heading home, um, and I was also helping with the homesickness. But what God provided was the season came, hmm. and when the season came, I couldn't go home. So God was like, "All right, you have to power through this. You have to seek Me, and we'll get through this together." Uh, and then the season came, freshman year rolled around, practice every day, kind of you know, and then we ultimately you know worked through that homesickness relatively quickly once I couldn't go home anymore, but. It was tough time for sure. That birth was, um, you know, really diving all into basketball. And you kind of mentioned enhancing the platform. That's what I was praying for. I really tried not to beat, you know, beat my chest even in the midst of success. I really tried to shift all that glory to, to Jesus. And the platform kind of started growing. You know, I was able to do some things uh, with you and impact, and speak to some teams, and speak to people on campus with FCA. And really pouring to my teammates, as you mentioned, you know, my roommate Mario from Germany, uh, you know, at the time uh still doesn't know Jesus as his savior. Um to spent a lot of time with him. He would come home with me a lot. Um, uh, but you know, we just we just started just, just pouring into him, sharing the gospel, you know, not overwhelmingly, but you know, seven or eight very focused conversations on Jesus, where he stood you know, what Jesus, what it means to follow Jesus uh, over our four years. And leadership role with FCA expanded. The platform kind of kept expanding as I was playing better and better and better. Um, And, uh, you know, that led to kind of the height of it was Atlantic Sun Player of the Year and Mid-Major National Player of the Year up at the Final Four. Um, That led to the the D-League route where I got drafted. So the, the God allowed the platform just to keep growing to where I can be in front of kids and coaches and jump on, you know, podcasts and, and do things where we can talk about, man, what did Jesus do in your life through, you know, it almost didn't happen, you right. know, it almost didn't happen because I was so homesick, which also led to opportunities, you know, going overseas with uh, Impact and, uh, you know experiencing Jesus in such an incredible way in other parts of the world to then kind of birth a ministry, you know, kind of aspect out of that platform. Hmm. You know, which if I hadn't gotten a Division One scholarship, you and I don't meet. I don't go overseas. I don't know if God calls me into ministry at that point from not having the gospel, you know, uh, shared in those spaces that we were able to. Um, so, you know, God did amazing things. Uh, from high school, getting me to a Division One level, um, and then ultimately able to kind of do some of the things that we just walked through.
0: Hmm. Well, you mentioned uh, your time with us overseas. Is there something that stands out that that you go back to, or you circle back to um, things you experienced, things you saw, something you learned? Maybe
1: the first thing was you know being in a third world country hmm. was shocking for one. Um, you know, America's not perfect um, by any stress. There's no perfect country. Being in a third world country will blow your mind with what we have here. Hmm. And to be quite honest with how people are treated here, you know, we didn't see people anywhere close to equal where we were. That was the first thing. Third world country is eye opening. The biggest takeaway, though, that I saw on our two trips. Was. We walked into a temple. We'll just keep it generic. Yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of international, you know. So we'll just call it a temple. To walk from a third world country into their temple with their false god and to see how brilliant and immaculate it was inside those temple walls for just, you know, I don't know how many acres, but a massive, massive space. Right. To see how much they pour into to that and the level of lostness um i've never experienced in my soul uh, a burning of these people will be in hell because Mm -hmm. they're you know it's uh walking through that at first you're blown away by the brilliance of it and then god just kind of puts on you like how heartbreaking you know it is almost sick to your stomach when you see people bowing down and worshiping false gods um I've never experienced something like that um, growing up in America, specifically the South. Um, So yeah, that transition from, okay, outside of the walls is a third world country. Inside the walls is like as nice of a, you know, area as you will ever see. And there are people that are putting all their hope in something that is not real. Hmm. Um, I've never felt something in my soul that just hurts, um, as much, just darkness, Yeah. just, just total darkness. Well, that was probably my biggest takeaway overseas to live with urgency. Uh, you know, this life's about Jesus at period, hmm. you know, uh, that was my biggest takeaway from, uh, our two trips, uh, and even prison, you know, even prison, uh, for sure that, that those were my, my biggest takeaways from the stuff that we were able to do together.
0: All right. So you use the word urgency. I like that. How does that translate into what you're doing now?
1: So for fellowship of Christian athletes, these players and coaches can get so wrapped up in winning losing how am i playing recruiting um you know we get it right you and i we're sports guys we get it you know you're grinding you're trying to compete you're trying to play well um and that can very easily be your focus Mm. so the urgency comes into i'm in front of these 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 players and these coaches and say listen success apart from Jesus means nothing. Mm. I I, you know, we, you can go get your scholarship. You can go and win every award in college. And I think uh, that God allowed me to, to, I think have success on a, on a court. I I think I experienced almost everything that a basketball player could outside of stepping on an NBA court. Mm -hmm. I mean, every award you could possibly get, I got, Mm -hmm. you know, I was National Player of the Year with Frank Kaminsky from Wisconsin. It was me and him, (laughs) you know. He was a first-round pick. So to go in front of somebody and say, listen, everything you're striving for, I've done it, and it will mean zero if Jesus isn't right there. Hmm. So when you come to urgency, um, that's pretty eye-opening for a kid when, you know, they kind of get everything they're longing for and it does nothing for them. And I've had those conversations. You know, my high school, beard, and they won the AAA State Championship, first one in school history, you know getting through memphis is a very difficult thing and they ended up breaking through that, that ceiling. And I remember that whole year I was a team chaplain and I would tell them that guys success apart from Jesus is nothing. It, it, even if we go and win the state championship, if Jesus isn't at the center, it's going to be lonely. It's going to be a lonely feeling. And I got a text from a from a player who's currently playing at a at a high major school they went on a senior trip the day after they won the state championship. And I, and, and the text from him on the beach said this, he said, man, that feeling you were talking about, if we win state, he said, it's here. He said, I, he said, we won this and I feel nothing. Mm. What do I do? So when I, when I think about urgency, that's what I think of, you know, mm. you can get everything you want in this life. And if Jesus isn't at the center, it's going to be very, very lonely.
0: Mm. That's good.
1: So for us who have Jesus, that means it's go time Yep. because this world will not, you know, satisfy. And I go back to thinking about, you know, those people at that temple, it doesn't satisfy, right? You might try to fill the hole, but that's not it. Yeah.
0: All right. So now, Ty, I have one last question for you Um, because you are currently serving high school students. You're serving coaches. And uh, we've talked about in some of our other podcasts that following God is a process, It's not, you don't, you know, the thunder doesn't, I mean, the lightning doesn't strike and you change direction completely. You know exactly what that is and what the direction is he has for your life. And so for somebody that's sensing maybe a call to ministry or just feeling like God's stirring them for something else, something more, what would you have to say to them?
1: If not you, then who, Hmm. right? Who's going to tell them, you know, Uh, probably that little birth, you know, out of, our overseas trips. I remember after we got back, you know, I sat down with you and we talked about different areas to go, you know, where the church is even persecuted. Those were our conversations mm-hmm. and got enough changes and things in me to keep me local, uh, to, to end up ultimately doing this. I didn't know that at the time that we were talking, but if you know, to somebody who maybe their hearts getting stirred, you know, if not you then who? You know, we've we've kind of established and I think as you grow in your walk with Jesus, you understand like this is it, you know. Doesn't matter about money, I could be making a lot of money mm-hmm. you know after upstate, you know I had six figures contracts overseas playing in the Canary Islands off of you know Spain or wherever that right. is you know I, like great you know and, and a lot of people you know I think God's gifted us in a lot of areas, you know you could be doing a lot of things mm-hmm. um we all could, but you know uh, talking about that urgency, you know who who's gonna who's gonna share with them? You know, who's going to help, you know, save some souls, you know, with the hope that Jesus is. And again, it just kind of, I guess it's kind of one of my life things is success in any area without Jesus in the center is going to be meaningless. Hmm. So when God's stirring your heart, like we got to have, you know, Jesus talked about what the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Yeah. You know, we got to go, we got to, we got to serve. And that doesn't all necessarily look like overseas. That could be locally. Um you know, but we, we got to go make the impact.
0: Hmm. I think I think it's it's interesting that you talk about uh, you referred back to some conversations we had while you were still in college after you'd returned home from overseas and uh, serving with us. And, and you said you thought maybe. We, we're talking about some options overseas for you to serve, uh, and especially in places where Christ is not known. And yet you're right in the middle of Knoxville, Tennessee, and you're right where he has you. And so um, I tell people a lot of times following God is not a straight path. Um, but if you look back over each step, uh, each turn in the road, it's, it's directional. It's intentional. It's where he wants you to go. And it's going to prepare you for the next one. And so your time grinding, you mentioned that word a little earlier, your time grinding in the gym when nobody else is looking, um, got you to Upstate. And your time at Upstate got you overseas. Uh, your time at Upstate got you player of the year and, and list after list of awards. And yet it still was not what God had for you. It was just preparation for the next step. And, and I think that's important for folks to for folks to know. Well, Ty, I thank you for your time, and I thank you for being with us today. Uh, but more importantly, I thank you for the work you're doing on the front lines. Uh, I've seen some of the stuff and heard some of the things and the differences you're making in the lives of the athletes and the coaches there in the Knoxville area. And I th- I'm, I'm grateful for you and your willingness to be obedient and follow God's call in your life. Um, so I say all that to say this. A long time ago, the summer between my sophomore junior year in college, God used a conversation I had with my assistant principal Uh, Back at my own high school to help me help call me into teaching and coaching. And I knew then at that point in time, it was my mission field. And as the years have passed, it's become even more essential for folks like you to serve there. So thank you for being there for those athletes, those students, those coaches, uh, because the public school system is very much uh, a needed mission field. You mentioned Matthew chapter nine. Uh, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So thank you for being a worker, and for being willing to be on the front lines. I hope you guys have heard something today that stirred you and challenged you and maybe will propel you to action. Um, And it may not be a faraway location. It may be somewhere close. So let me remind you what we said last podcast. God's call in your life is not unreachable or even undiscoverable. As we talked about in the last podcast, remember what Paul said to us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Join us next time as we continue our series on following God's call in your life. And as a reminder, we will be releasing these podcasts the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you're brand new to the podcast, go back to episode one so you can learn a little bit more about what Impact Sports does, but more importantly, why we do it. Please share this podcast with anyone you think may be interested. Subscribe to this wherever you get your podcast and follow us on social media. See you next time on I Say All That to Say This.